Hello, I'm Thomas Carruthers. And I'm Jay Reeve. And today we round out our month of David Fincher. Um, yes, we will indeed. Uh, with our <laughs> with our resident uh, lynch head, uh, Jay Reef. How are you today, Jay? I'm good. Yeah. Um, this is an odd one because mm. I hope we're talking about a Best Picture winner. This comes out in a year, and I hope that this is David Fincher's sweep. Mm. But uh, we have no idea because currently it's uh, January of. 2021 this will come out in february 2022 um it's when are the Oscars for 2020 yeah i think it's april okay right it's april and uh, so they've bumped it a month and it's all online uh sorry online releases are allowed because previously with your married stories your irishman um they've also had to do a limited uh, theatrical release to right. um, allow them to be nominated, uh, okay. as was planned for Mank, uh, but no. Right. Mank, it's Orson Welles. Of course it is. I think it's time we talk. What is it the writer says? Tell the story you know. Hello, everyone. Make yourself to home, Mr. Mankowitz, or shall I call you Herman? Please, call me Mank. 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 This is Herman Mankowitz, but we're to call him Mank. Mankowitz. Herman Mankowitz. New York playwright and drama critic. Turned humble screenwriter, Mr. Hurst. This is a business where the buyer gets nothing for his money but a memory. What he bought still belongs to the man who sold it. That's the real magic of the movies. Thunder, light, blood, fire, religion. Help! Someone save me! All in one film. That's director proof. That's why I always want Mank around. I hear you're hunting dangerous game. Jay, this is your this was your first time with Mank. It was. Yes. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, I may have pulled this completely wrong. Have you seen Citizen Kane? No. Ah, good. I, good. Very interesting experience. Yes, I was. I was. <laughs> yes, because uh, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Citizen Kane. Uh, yeah. So, so the idea of a Citizen Kane movie directed by uh, one of my favourite directors of all time uh, was very exciting uh, to oh. me. Um, but I'm very glad that we've got this dueling uh, perspective because. Mm. In my review, which was a ten out of ten, by the way, it was it was my first ten out of ten I've ever written uh, for the blog. Mm -hmm. uh, I noted um, that I, I don't know what the what somebody's relationship to this film would be if they hadn't seen Citizen Kane. So, you know, before we get into it all, were you you're a very intelligent man, but were you confused with their parts that didn't yes. sit with you? Yes, I was. <laughs> Yeah, I was a bit confused by many things, actually. Mm. Uh, I mean, I feel like it would have, the whole film would have hit harder if I'd seen 
Citizen Kane, and I'd have gotten what was going on a bit better. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a treat. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. God bless William Randolph Hearst. Ready and willing to hunt the great white whale? Just call me Ahab. Do come in. At this rate, you will never finish. You said 90 days. Well, said 60. I'm doing the best I can. I've put up with your suicidal drinking, your compulsive gambling, your silly platonic affairs. You owe me, Herman. Who do you think you are? You're nothing but a court jester. What I want to know is what you think of it. It's a bit of a jumble, the collection of fragments that leap around in time like Mexican jumping beans. Welcome to my mind, old sock. Him, I get. But what did Marion ever do to deserve it's this? It's not her. Not all characters are headliners. Some are secondary. You pick a fight with Willie. You are finished. Mayor can't save you. Nobody can. Especially the boy genius from New York. I removed any distraction, eliminated every excuse. Your family, your cronies, liquor. Obviously, I want to watch Citizen King anyway. It is Even that it is that thing of um uh the greatest film ever made but it <laughs> but it also lives up to it it's it, yeah. it, you know you there's a chosen few the godfather kane oh yeah casablanca that do just live up to it and are thoroughly enjoyable and yeah. very watchable i gave you a second chance you cannot capture a man's entire life in two hours all you can hope is to leave the impression of one <laughs> why hurst Outside his own blonde Betty Boop, you're always his favorite dinner partner. Are you familiar with the parable of the organ grinder's monkey? <laughs> um, but Mank is about the writing of the first draft of Susan Kane, um, yep. based off um, it's from it's a very personal project for Fincher, actually. Uh, this is mm -hmm. written by Jack Fincher, his, his late father. It yep. was originally going to be made after the game. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, uh, Jack Fincher was still alive. Um, Kevin Spacey and Jodie Foster. Kevin Spacey and Jodie Foster. I can see Spacey. I mean, not today, obviously. <laughs> there's a different context to all of that. But I can see Spacey in the role, it, you know, especially looking at Spacey in L.A. Confidential. Mm. really has that sort of mank about him. Um, yeah. Not that I don't think Gary Oldman is absolutely exceptional in this film, and it may be his Oscar to take, but again, we don't know. Um, but I can seriously not see uh, Jodie Foster as Marion Davies, because I think that Amanda yeah. Seyfried is, is so perfect. Oh, she's film. incredible in it. If anything, she's the strongest takeaway for me. Um, yeah. And every time I watch it, which is three now, mm -hmm. I just fall in love with her all over again. I, I, th I just think she's delightful in this film. And if there is an Oscar lock for this film, it will be her for Best Supporting actor, Actress. And then people will be listening to this and going, ha ha. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I yeah. don't know. I hope not. No, um, but Sonic. Right. Uh, best YouTube comments The last okay. time David Fincher made a film Loosely based on real life It ended up being one of the greatest films of all time No pressure um, Alien 3 Alien, Alien 3 <laughs> this, th this film is sort of his first time Returning back to Alien 3 
not in any sense that people would notice, but uh, oh, with, with, Charles with Charles Dance, yes. Yeah. Oh. I didn't even think about that. Because Sigourney's never been in one, and yeah. Pete Postlethwaite, I mean, Pete Postlethwaite's obviously unfortunately passed, but um, he's, he's never really returned to that period of his life. <laughs> but he has with this, and Charles Dance is exceptional. Just watch this. Can't believe we won't be getting another series of Mindhunter because he wanted to make this steaming pile of garbage. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Are you a Mindhunter person? Uh, um, I need to watch it. I've seen half of season one mm. when it came out. No, I've still not done it. I've still not done it. It, it was very good from what I watched. Mm. It yeah. will be something I get into. Is it going to be completely black and white? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, no. uh -huh. And uh, that was why the spacey version didn't get off, uh, didn't get made, because the studio didn't want it to be black and white. Uh, really? They wanted, they said, okay, we'll make it, uh, just not black and white. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it'd be a better film, um, just in regards to Fincher's timeline. Because you look at Seven... And in many ways, it's just as accomplished as Gone Girl. Yeah. So I don't know whether... I think all that people say about Fincher is that he, you know, he's the only person that can give you the film that he described in the room in the, on the first day. Yeah. That's, so I, go on, sir. No, that's, that's good, actually. It makes sense. So I don't. So I think the '90s version of Mank that we would get, if he was given the full funds and the Netflix—not Netflix backing, obviously—but the backing that Netflix gave him, mm. uh, bar casting—I think we'd end up with a pretty similar film. I yeah. dare say. Yeah, probably. Um. Did you like Mank? <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> um. I loved the first half. Okay. The second half, I was a bit more confused as to what was going on. Mm. You didn't uh, like the, the... Are we talking specifically about the Upton Sinclair political? Uh, yeah. 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 I was a bit confused there. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where I need to watch it again after seeing Citizen Kane. Mm. And... I thought the directing and everything was incredible and the, the format and the, I loved the scene transitions with the script writing on mm. and the acting was perfect. It was just, I don't know. The critical opinion has been specifically with audiences and even with critics and even yeah. amongst Finch's biggest fans has been, this is one of the best made films of the year by far. I just don't yeah. care. And I'll never see it again. And it's weird, right. that, it's weird that you say, so you're not alone. It's weird mm. that you say that the Sinclair stuff is the stuff that you think would be enhanced by a Citizen Kane rewatch. Because if anything, that's the most distant stuff from the from Citizen Kane. Obviously, you have the right. machinations of um, the political maneuvering that's at the core of the uh, middle of Kane. Um, yeah. But... It's not, I don't think anything would be, I think it'd enrich just having a second watch, but I don't think it'd yeah. be enriched by a watch of Kane. Um, oh, I think it, 
it all, I think if there's a key word for this film, it's artifice. On a structural level, you've got the old Hollywood thing of the framing device, which is yeah. something that Kane completely threw out the window and Kane's got multiple different stories telling all about this thing. You know, you, you, know, yeah. you can't tell a person's life in two hours. You can only leave the impression of it. Mm -hmm. Then you take that artifice to the world of movies. What is the world of movies other than a world of artifice? We're making things uh, that aren't real. Yeah. It's an. I don't want to say that this is a Trump movie, but the world of fake news, uh -huh. and that concept, you know, we f we forget that fake news wasn't actually a term that people used no. uh, four years back. Um, but now it's it's that's just lexicon. That's just the that's just the phrase that we say. Uh, Net, yeah. Paddy Chayefsky was writing about fake news in 1970 with uh, with Network, but he didn't say Howard Beale the, the, is the pioneer of fake news. <laughs> um, but obviously, that is the core of this Upton Sinclair business: is is yeah. we can manipulate anybody, and we have this grand election evening, mm. and everybody's having a grand old time. Meanwhile, uh, the guy that actually feels completely responsible for it, you know, has to kill himself because he just has, yeah, he just can't take it. Um, uh, what did work for you, if, any, if anything? Uh, oh, the performances. Mm. Uh, I thought, just to talk about that scene for a second, if that's okay. Yeah, which one? Uh, where, where he does kill himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was, mm, mm. That, it was good. It was well done. Mm. Oh, it's just frustrating because I was like, count the bullets. <laughs> 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 it, it is unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, mank. Uh, wow. Well. <laughs> it's very witty. And I think a good thing, because you've watched so many of these bloody films, I think Trial of Chicago 7 is the most recent one. And it's the thing that sort of plagued Sorkin his entire career, is that he makes people ungodly witty and ungodly <laughs> smart. And um, by all accounts, by every account, Mank was this smart and he was this cutting. Yeah. And it reminds me of all the President's Men with um, William Goldman having to tone down how clever Jack Warden's character was because he was sat in the real life newspaper room and he was like, if I gave this person the amount of funny lines that this guy really has in real life, people would think that I'm making it up. And uh, you get sort of get that here uh, with, with the character of Mank, but he was like that by all accounts. And I think you believe it as well. It's not, it's not unbelievable. Like every person bloody throwing out an opera reference in a Sorkin. <laughs> and that's one thing I absolutely loved, though, like the character of Mank mm. as a whole. I loved his how funny he was and his relationships with like uh, Amanda Seyfried. Marion, yeah. I, yeah. I, I've, I've heard a lot of people saying, you know, is, is Mank, I think it was Chris Stuckman, it was like, is Mank a movie that needs to be made? Like, is this a person that needs a movie made about? It was like, what are you talking about? He's funny, he's interesting, his story um, yeah. is intriguing. Yes! Yeah, even if I didn't love it, <laughs> there's still... 
I, I still think there was nothing wrong with the character and the film no. being made about him. It's a thoroughly intriguing character, very well performed uh, by uh, by our dear boy Gary, uh, Rose Bruford yeah. alumni. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, let's move into the actual body of the film then. Ten minute stretch. Here are my nominations: mm-hmm. the me, uh, Charles Lederer uh, coming to. MGM and that whole writer's room and we meet all these figures that we know and and the, the gambling with the coin yeah. that all that's, sorts that's of what stuff. I wrote down as my 10 minutes so <laughs> I think so so when you said that you enjoyed the first half more that sort of old Hollywood the screenplay the journal it, it in many yeah. ways it's a bit like Kane I know gonna, I know oh, this yeah. means nothing to you but it doesn't <laughs> Citizen Kane the first hour of that is so fun and so watchable and it's about the you know the journalism industry and everybody's having a great time and everybody's very witty and then yeah. suddenly it gets darker and more depressing and yes a little bit slower oh my god he said that citizen king was slow oh my god no. <laughs> but it does it does <laughs> and and it, and it and loses its pace and i've heard a lot of people actually sort of remove the sheen and say that Citizen Kane does get a little bit slower in its second half um, mm. but it has that sort of this is all the joy now let's look at the actual uh, yeah. truth that is underneath all of that. Why mm. Why was that working so well for you the, the, that for first half was it setting you up for a film that you uh, didn't end up getting maybe uh uh, I just, I don't know. I just liked all the moving pieces, how fun it was, the way it bounced between scenes. Uh, and then it kind of just went in a direction different to what I was expecting from how it set everything up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed the first half, though. Hmm. Let's talk about the other aspect of this um, of this film, which is the his relationship with William Randolph Hearst, and uh, chiefly, chiefly, I feel uh, the heart, the soul. Um, I sound like Bruce Springsteen now. On the heart, on the soul, ran out. <laughs> Nothing you gotta say. Uh, but um, the meeting at San Simeon, uh, meeting Hearst, meeting Marion Davies mm-hmm. on that wooden sculpture. I mean, yeah. that's the poster, that's the still. And yeah. why wouldn't it be? Um, I, let's let's really talk about Amanda Seyfried in this. Oh, so, so beautiful, good. so funny, so right. so charming, so sweet, so so wonderful. Go, yeah. go, go. Right, right. So I was watching it uh, whilst my girlfriend was on her phone watching TikToks. And then I was like, because <laughs> of, of course. And then... Um, I was like, look, look at Amanda Seyfried. And she didn't even recognize her. Mm. And then I showed her like a picture of Amanda Seyfried. And she was like, wait, what? That's her. I still don't recognize her. She was so good. Lay her... all your so love on me. Yeah. Why haven't we had a Mamma Mia party yet? Um, <laughs> little boys who play with fire get their fingers burned. Um, that's the best thing. As, as, as people know from listening to our Mamma Mia podcast. Um, Hollywood, California, 
Amanda Seyfried is always somebody that I have went to bat for. Yes. Um, even in Mamma Mia. Um, yep. Let's talk about. Let's talk about. Let's have a weird Amanda Seyfried tangent. Not weird, because okay. this okay. is this is the culmination. I feel of 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 a career that has all that I've always uh, has been underrated. Yep. So she kicks off. I think it's when's Mean Girls. Mean Girls is two thousand and four. So she kicks off. Dare I say, stealing Mean Girls? Yeah, she was hilarious. She's hilarious in Mean Girls. She yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe if not steal it amongst the leads, she certainly steals mm. it amongst the supporting performances. Then yeah. she's Sophie in Mamma Mia. She's wonderful as a singer. She's yeah. you know that she brings all that. Uh, Jennifer's Body is not a is a film that I doesn't don't actually think lands after for what it's going for, but has gained a sort of cult status and people like it. Chloe is a movie yeah. I wish was better. This is the this is the bad period. So we've got <laughs> uh, we've got. Red Riding Hood, Letters to Juliet, Dear John, and Chloe. Uh, right. I won't. I won't throw. And then in time, you know. So it's a right. it's a bleak period. Then she does Les Miserables, where she gets a bit of prestige again. She's wonderful in While We're Young, the Noah Baumbach movie. She's quite funny in mm. Ted Two, and now we're into <laughs> yeah. a different period again. She's in Twin Peaks. Return. There it is. Yeah. She's same same year she's in First Reformed, the new Paul Schrader movie, which again she's excellent in. And then I'm saying all of this. It's it's I I hope that Mank boosts it. I hope she wins the Oscar and I hope that it leads on to a career where she does more stuff. Yeah. I mean I'm surprised to be honest. I thought she was in more, but she's really great. She's a great character actress, and she's great mm. naturalistic as well. Uh, I loved her in Twin Peaks, mm. obviously, even though she was only in Waps. Uh, I loved her in Mean Girls. Mm. I look. I, I loved her in Mank, and I loved her in Mean. And what's the other one? Mamma Mia. We then have our next sort of uh, ten-minute stretch where we meet our other foe in this film is Louis B. Mayer, and I, Alice Howard as Louis B. Mayer. I don't. I mean, it's pointless having Oscar conversations now, but I wonder who's going to be up for best supporting actor because yeah. I, I wonder whether it's going to be Alice Howard, it's going to be Charles Dance, or if either of them get nominated. I, I, in a world, I'd hope both would, but yeah. um, we don't know. Um. It's just so funny and so terrific. <laughs> His whole gimmick of being able to cry. Again, it's that yeah. artifice. It's, you know, even the tears are fake. Even at the funeral, that 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 drop of the bloody handkerchief. I know. Uh, yeah, that was... Because it's one That's thing... Great. It's one thing when he's, you know, he's doing the fake tears to bring everybody back on board to cut their salaries. And mm. you're like, okay, so he's a cold-hearted business bastard. Yeah. But then when he's crying at the funeral, you think, okay, so he's actually crying this time. This is the one person that's got to him. No, no, no. it's all bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Just I also love... Oh, sorry, so, No, just Mac's face when uh, he drops that handkerchief. I also love the funeral switcheroo of that you think uh, we're going into the funeral of... Um, 
God, is it, it's either is it is it Kenny or is it Spenny? Or, um, I'm going to Google it. You're all right. Um, I, that we think that we're going into the funeral of the man that's killed himself. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, it's it's uh, Shelley. Um, oh. It's um, Irving Thalberg's uh, funeral. Yeah. May the nominations. Uh, Mayor's birthday. Um, that incredible birthday uh, with the talk about Hitler. That terrific <laughs> conversation. Um, yeah. Leading into an, the scene that I think will steal, will get her the Oscar, which is walking around San Simeon with Mank and they're just walking arm in arm. Yeah. And she's relaying all of these different stories and is talking about how perfect she'd be um, for Don Han Quixote. That was, I think, my favorite. Was that the one with the animals and the? Yes. Yeah, that was my favorite scene in the entire film. Nobody, but nobody makes a monkey out of Chet William Randolph. I want to say Charles Foster Kane, um, but um, yeah, no, I, 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 it just wins the Oscar. I hope it does anyway. Bloody hell! Um, into the Sinclair, the sort of stuff that isn't working for you. I feel um, the Sinclair uh, change of opinion, where he's made this one flippant joke you can make king kong people believe that king kong's 10 feet tall and you can believe make people believe that mary pickford's a virgin at 40 you know yeah. you can you can win an election and then mm. he realizes the power that it, even his flippant little comments have and mm. there's uh, the real penny drop for me is is the black man that they've hired for the video and he's like yeah i'm voting for sinclair because it's 1930 whatever Tholberg, Matt, they all know black guy saying I'm voting for the other guy. Oh, no, 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 I'm voting for the other guy. We want freedom. Well, we know what that means more black people and less, uh, more rights, which is obviously <laughs> the exact opposite of what they want. Yeah. Very powerful stuff. Yeah. Interesting. And then into, um, I mean, arguably the best 10 minutes. I, I think I'd side with you with the mayor's birthday into walking around San Simeon. But yeah. maybe the thing that's going to win Gary, his second Oscar, is mm. Don Quixote. <laughs> he should win it for that line delivery, delivery yeah. alone. He should win it for Marionette. Ma Marion Antoinette. Marionette. <laughs> incredible drunk actors yeah i was thinking that whilst watching it as well some of them i was thinking because we because we forget that it was like cocktail hours four o'clock and you'd and it wouldn't be and it wouldn't be a ponstein martini it'd just be hard liquor <laughs> and, and, and so and this was just commonplace middle of the day you'd just start drinking yeah um and so people mm. but exceptional drunk acting some of the best i've seen in some time um and and yeah. subtle in many ways and it's not like oh i'm a big drunk because and when he is that Ooh. it's because manx performative yeah. himself and it's that imbuing and release of uh the worst possibly worst that man could be because of the booze um mm. wonderful stuff great great terrific yeah. um do you have any? Have I missed anything in regards to ten minute stretch? Uh, 
No. No. Uh, uh, Tom's never. really specific favourite part of the film. I love Orson Welles, the great white whale. Um, let's talk about Orson Welles. Um, rather famously, I say rather famously, I've never told this story before. Um, <laughs> I, I was with a teacher uh-huh. and I was directing uh, in, in drama class and I, was, uh-huh. and I was in it and I'd written it and I was directing and it was wow. my grand vision. <laughs> and, uh, and he talked to me and I was talking to him about Citizen Kane afterwards and he said, I'm really surprised that you don't love Orson Welles more. And, 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 I, and I took it as a, and he knew exactly what he was saying and it's not necessarily a backhanded compliment uh-huh. uh, but it's not the biggest uh, and, and then obviously I did get really into Wells and he is yeah. just this incredible enigmatic figure I, I want to say that my favourite Wells moment is in Citizen Kane but it's not it's definitely oh the French champagne there is a California champagne by Paul Masson that extends that same French um have you have you seen the no, dr- drunk no. Orson Welles? Oh, no, incredible best moment best moment of his career. Okay, uh, there was a California champagne by Paul Masson. Um, okay, you can watch that. You you certainly do. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> there is a California champagne by Paul Masson. Um, and basically, Wells gets given absolutely everything for Kane. Final cut. You can star in it. You can do this. Mm-hmm. Off the success of the Mercury Theatre and the radio programs, which some of those radio programs you can still they still work to this day. I, I, I recently listened to his Rebecca um, for um, yeah. the re-release for the bloody shit house recent version of Rebecca, and just I, I love Rebecca. the Destiny de Maria Rebecca, and they just work so well. They just <laughs> work. Yeah. So tremendously well. Um, now, along comes Nemesis. That's Greek for any guy in a black hat. Nemesis runs for governor, and he's sure to win. Why? Because he's exactly what our Don used to be. An idealist, you get it? And not only that, Nemesis is the same guy who once predicted that our coyote would one day preside over a socialist revolution. Our coyote looks into the mirror of his youth and decides to break this glass. The maddening reminder of who he once was, assisted by his faithful Sancho, ah. With all the black magic at his command, he does just this, destroying in the process not one man, but two. And then after that, everything's not a disaster, but everything's truncated. The Magnificent Ambersons, his next film, is famously this gigantic, what people who have seen the full thing call the next, is next Citizen Kane. But it got cut and cut and cut down yeah. by the studio and the rest of the film was burned, I believe. There's, so there's not, there's not even a chance that we can get a Magnificent Ambersons in the future. There is no Magnificent Ambersons. This entire career that Wells could have had is overshadowed by this masterpiece he makes at 20, 21, I believe. Yeah. Um, 
Mm. Well, the casting was quite good. Yeah. The actor uh, who played him looked. Yes, Tom Burke. I think Tom Burke yeah. does an excellent job. Um, uh, uh, you know, is is just the right. It, it's one of those things where it has to be caricature in a in a, in a form because that Wells voice and an image is so iconic. Um, there's no way around uh, it. That's what I saw him in. What did you see him in? Uh, there was a BBC show called The Musketeers. Oh, yes. Uh, my ex was a huge yeah. fan of it. <laughs> and yeah. she would always comment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, she, she, if she, she didn't get me to watch it, though. She nearly made me watch <laughs> Downton Abbey. That was going to be the thing, was that I was going to watch Downton Abbey. But I got kicked out. Uh, <laughs> and so I'll never watch Downton Abbey. But I love Gosford no. Park. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, somebody needs to edit the sad glimpses into my life that uh, <laughs> rear their heads in these. I mean, in these, in these podcasts, they happen repeatedly. It'll be um, great. What's next? No. Oh, Tom's really specific favorite about the film. Um, mm -hmm. I love. Maybe it's a bit of an on-the-nose visual metaphor, but the shadow of Wells. Uh, which obviously hangs over this film, especially when you're making it in the style of Citizen Kane. Yeah. You know, there's no way around it, really. Um, the coin, it's just brilliant Fincher. Um, you're not making an opera. Oh, but I am making an opera, which he is. I love Hitler Schmittler, which is just yeah. perfectly idolising just how people thought you could blow him up at this time. You know, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. the moustache that does it. Uh, I don't uh, yeah, that didn't come off like, um, you know, like the Titanic kind of, oh, that will never happen. Oh, uh, what was it? What is it? Picasso, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, never about to a thing. Um, and then when Jack comes in and that's how she knows that Jack's a good man. Oh, look at his use of colour. Yeah, every, <laughs> every, every artist uses colour, Jack. Good for you. Yeah. You're really good. You're really good. That was her Oscar clip. That's a bad Oscar clip for Kate Winslet. Anyway. Then we have um, Marion popping out of the car. Hello. <laughs> Just delightful. Just a ray of sunshine. Yeah. The funeral handkerchief drop that we talked about. And uh, the glass smash. <laughs> um, that leads us back into, not a flashback, the, the present. And I love him trying to yeah. light the cigarette on the raging yeah. fire. That's one hell of an angle to to go to light a cigarette. Firstly, with it still in his mouth. It's one hell of a um, Dan Quixote. Um, Finn, any uh, sorry, uh, Jay, any really really specific favorite parts of the film? Uh, I wrote one down. Sure. Um, I wrote when he started writing the script and dictating it mm. uh, to. Rita Alexander. Lily, Rita, yeah. Lily Collins. Yes. It was, yeah, um, that was so great. Um, Lily Collins, what was her? She was not a Doctor Who. Um, obviously, Phil Collins' daughter. Um, not that that's the only thing that she should be known for. Uh, but, uh, oh God, what was Lily Collins' big break? Was it Warren Pete? No, that was bloody Lily James. Uh, Lily Collins. 
Lily Collins was in. Oh, love Rosie. Uh, that was Emily in Paris, which is which she's gotten a lot of flack for. Uh, <laughs> apparently, that's dreadful. I don't know. I can't pass oh, really? it. I haven't seen it. Um, the Blind Side, and she was yes, she was in Tarzan uh, as a child. After all, Phil did write the music. You'll be in my heart. You'll be in my heart. Speaking of soundtracks, let's talk about Soundtrack Corner. So this is, oh. yes, another fantastic yeah. collaboration with Trent Reznor and Asuka Ross. Oh, they're always fantastic. They are. Watchmen. Uh, Watchmen. Uh, <laughs> Watchmen, uh, all the Fincher stuff that we talked about. Um, yeah. Just imbuing that classic Hollywood. There's something that else that we haven't talked about yet is the mono sound, the mono soundtrack. Um, just, yeah. just exceptional use of artifice and bringing us into that world so specifically. It's, it's, it's genuinely exceptional. Yeah. And it leads to that thing of that people can't deny that this is an incredibly made film. People yeah. just aren't interested in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, I'm, I, yeah. Um, I can't do Oscar travesty. We don't know what the Oscars are going to be. Best single minute. Uh, I kicked us off with 10 minute stretch. Jay, what are your nominations for best single minute? Okay. Uh, so there's him dictating the script. Mm. Uh, I'd say him meeting Marion while she's up there. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, I like, I liked a lot of the scenes with his brother. Yeah, Joe, Joe Mankiewicz, who, who goes on yeah. to um, write and direct All About Eve. Uh, probably, right. uh, it's an odd time that the film is set uh, when he's not as successful as his brother. But obviously, yeah. um, in the grand scheme of things, he's the more successful. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All About Eve obviously wins him Best Director. Mm -hmm. Um it's uh, yeah, it's got a lot going for him as old Joe Manquist. As oh, you were, yeah. uh, no, I was just happy to see Tom Pelfrey as well. What are you happy from? What go on? I'm I'm not uh, up on my Tom Peltry. Oh, uh, right. So there was a Marvel TV show that he was in, mm, right. Iron Fist, which was crap, but <laughs> he was really great in it. <laughs> ah. He was the highlight me um and then i've just seen clips of him in other things and he's so good tom mm -hmm. uh I, I haven't seen ozark i don't really want to fair enough uh but um i think he plays someone in it and he plays ben like, davis yeah and he's he look he's so good in it mm -hmm. I, I, i'm seeing him in more things and i'm happy about it because he's really good yeah, yeah, and he's really good as Joe Mankiewicz. I, I, I hope, again, I hope nothing but the best for all of these people. Yeah. It's an exceptionally well-casted and exceptionally well-acted film. Yeah. Um, which leads us on to uh, my other nominations for Best Single Minute. I love uh -huh. the, the the drunken fumblings in the bedroom with his wife, Sarah. She has to undress yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, Because it's a funny scene. It's a sweet scene. It's a very, it's an impeccably well acted scene. It sort of brings us into the high quality of drunk acting that we're going to get with Oldman, and yeah. um, and it gives us poor Sarah, who 
you know, one could see as a sort of underwritten character, perhaps, in the grand scheme of things. But I think, obviously, that reflects how little she was around in his life at this period, and how all-consuming the writing was. Yeah. Mm. Why did he call her poor Sarah? I don't know. I guess guess it's just because he's a lackluster husband. Yeah, probably. And And again, it's just another funny joke. It's another prime example of he thinks that um, his sort of flippant comments don't mean anything. And yet mm. repeatedly in this film, she says, no, you're going to stop people calling me poor Sarah. And, you know, obviously the machinations of the Upton Sinclair, um, all of that comes from a flippant joke. And you could mm. dare say that is being thrown out of San Simeon by William Randolph Hearst and losing his mayor contract, even though his Don Quixote speech is a lot more than a flippant joke. It is yeah. also just another flippant thing that he thinks he can get away with. And in that sense, he's, you know, he's not an anti-hero because he never does anything terrible. Um, And we're always rooting for him, but his words, he he, he comes to learn if there is an arc to the piece, it's um, coming to learn the power of what his flippancy can, can lead to. Let's talk about some of these brilliantly flippant lines. Best line. I hope if this gets made, you'll forgive me. And I hope if it doesn't, you'll forgive me. Mm. Yeah, um, uh, oh, take it away, Jeff. Every moment of my life is treacherous. <laughs> yeah. Don't uh, worry, the white wine came up with the fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. If I ever go to the electric chair, I'd like him to be sitting on my lap. That's a yep. great one. Fantastic. I'm toiling with you in spirit, Mank. Hmm. I wrote, <laughs> uh, I can't remember what was said before it. Where? Sorry, give me a second. <laughs> no. I think Houseman. Oh, yes, yes, yes. John uh, Houseman. Says something to him, and then he's about a writer. Uh, about, yeah, he's like, what is it they say a writer said? Um, oh, Pascal said, if I'd have, uh, if you'd given me longer, I would have written a shorter letter. No, not that one. Oh. Um, but that, uh, where he's saying a writer writes from experience or something. Oh, I never <laughs> met that writer. Yeah, I wrote that down. <laughs> I never met that writer. There's an alarm. The alarm is saying he is yeah. 40 minutes into his Mank podcast. Um, <laughs> what's the change? Now, it's an odd conversation, I guess, for you, because yeah. it didn't really land with you, but are you falling in with this critical opinion of, I don't know what I'd change? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I need to watch it again. <laughs> well, this is the uh, thing. A lot of people are just saying it's exceptionally well made. Yeah. I, do I, will I ever watch it? I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. I think personally it is pretty pretty rewatchable, but it's ticking a lot of my boxes. And also, I think, if I'm completely honest with myself, am I just bowing down to this man that I adore so much? Fincher. In many ways, yes, Mm. because it's not my favourite, one of my favourites of his films, especially after this rewatching of them all. But also, no, it's an exceptionally well-made film that I enjoy 
long, long stretches of. And as exemplified in my review, which one can find on Carruthers Legacy and whoever uh, at blogger.com. Um, <laughs> Put aside gratitude, Max. That you've done your best work was no accident. I removed any distraction, eliminated every excuse. Your family, your cronies, liquor. I gave you a second chance. And for that, I cannot thank you enough. But with credit for a risky undertaking must go the weight of real responsibility. Given your current health, I wonder if you're up to it. And frankly, I wonder too, but we're fine now. You may never work in this town again, Mac. <laughs> Orson, please. Then you force me to remind you. We have a contract that you understood and agreed to. If you fight this, it will go to what your new guild calls arbitration, and you, my friend, will lose script, money, and assuming such a thing still exists in Hollywood, the respect of those who honor their word. How can I put this nicely? I may be a loose cannon, but you, my friend, are an outsider. I do. I think it's a masterful, masterful film. Yeah, and I very much have enjoyed rewatching it over these past couple of months. I mean, I had a general idea of the reception to it, mm. but I didn't know anything about it and the mm. complaints people had. So it was interesting that I landed similar. Mm. Um, I have I a couple of changes. Though. Oh god, yeah, I've got a couple of changes. He loves shooting on, he always shoots on digital because it allows for more takes. And he's famously a take, a take slave. He, you know, a, shooting over a hundred of the San Simeon, uh, where Gary Oldman, he didn't necessarily snap, but he did say, for David, I've been shot this scene a hundred times. Yeah, and this is going to be the hundred and first. Um, and there was the big thing that came out about um, Amanda Seyfried shooting the scene 200 times. Um, there was a big article about that, but it always seems it's, it's never really broken anybody. It broke Darry Jr. It broke Gyllenhaal by all accounts. They really didn't enjoy their experience on Zodiac. Mm. And Downey Jr. was very outspoken about his experience on Zodiac. But also, they the films speak for themselves. We're talking about multiple masterpieces here. Mm-hmm. However, um, back to my original point of what's the change, if he's going for this whole artifice and it looks, the film looks beautiful. Yeah. But why wasn't he shoot, why didn't he shoot on film? If he's all for this artifice and he's yeah. all for, and in many ways it does look like it's shot on film, but it, it can yeah. never fully look like it's it, shot on film. Yeah. The, was it the screen tears they had in him or the burn, what was it called? The spots. Oh yeah, out. the cigarette burns. Yeah, yeah, they seemed a bit uh, artificial compared to how I've seen yeah. them in other films, including Fight Club. Yeah, a great big cock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the um, yeah, the cigarette burns on the first watch, I was like, this is a bit kitschy. Yeah, uh, but on a second watch, um, I also felt that way about the exterior uh, Victorville. Felt a bit about that on the first watch, but on multiple watches, they've like really, that. yeah, it, I, it, they've grown on me definitely. Uh, my biggest thing, really, is when they made Godfather Part Two, mm. the original cut kept cutting between Michael and Young Vito more frequently, and they found yeah. that the way the the key to the film's success was to cut down those cuts mm-hmm. and make it about 
20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes instead of 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I think that's what this film needs. Right. I think there's really chief moments where all tensions deflated because we cut to the present. The suicide of uh, the suicide, mm. he does the phone call, he rings the wife, and then we cut to the modern. Yeah. And then we cut back to the suicide. I don't know why that pl- scene just yeah. isn't played out. The yeah. scene at San Simeon with the glass smash, as much as I love that glass smash, I want it to then lead into Quixote. And it's, yeah. and it's also the same with the Wells. It's the same with, you know, Wells arriving. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to the organ grinder's monkey, which is a f- incredible best yeah. single minute. But I just feel like I want to stay in San Simeon for 20 minutes and do all of that and then yeah. do Wells for five minutes. I don't understand. And it's... That... That... Well, I completely agree. Like, um... Every time it cut back to the present, I was getting into it, and then it would cut back into a flashback, and then I get into that, and then it would cut back as soon as I'm getting into it, and it's just I, I wanted more time spent in each thing, like you're saying, hmm. each time. Yeah, I think if anything, yeah, if anything, uh, uh, if the film needed anything, I'd say maybe a trim of the present stuff. But it, but then it, but then again, what am I talking about? All of the yeah. present stuff I thoroughly enjoyed and found entertaining yeah. and interesting. <laughs> so I don't I don't want to trim. I just want it rearranged slightly. Yeah. You know. Uh Steven Soderbergh watched this movie like almost every week on his uh, on his watch diaries. So yeah. and, and he loves making and he loves making edits. He famously edited Rose of the Lost Ark uh, yeah. to black and white, and then put the social network soundtrack over it, just to prove that the Rays of the Lost Art works no matter what. And um, <laughs> I'd love to see his edit of Mank where he rearranges stuff. Yeah. And uh, and Heaven's Gate as well, which he calls the Butcher's Cut, which is this massive three and a half hour job, massive failure, box office critical. Sort of got a reappraisal critically. People are now saying, well, no, it's pretty good. Um, but he just made a butcher's cut of it, which was an hour 50, um, <laughs> which uh, I'm looking forward to uh, watching. Mm. Anything left from your notes? Uh, I wrote Charles Dance, exclamation mark. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't really mentioned him much. Brilliant. Yeah. He's always great. And he's also used... I think I made this point in the review. He's used like Wells in mm. that he's used sparingly and effectively. I think if there was a best single minute full stop of this film, it's the organ grinders uh, monkey uh, yeah. monologue. Uh, he he seems so intimidating whilst mm. he was doing that. So, so welcoming and intimidating. Like when it starts, he's like, oh man, come here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, he's, he's realizes his friend's drunk. Yeah. Then he's like, and then he grows more intimidating, and he grows more intimidating, and then he's eventually goodbye. And just, yeah, and his, yeah, his face is just terrifying. I found when he clo- when he closed the door on Mank. It makes me want more Charles Dance in the world. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, when was the last time Charles Dance had a major? I'm not a Game of Thrones person, but okay. a, he's massive in that, isn't he? He was great in that. He yeah. was fantastic. 
yeah when he's that in, show was he's in yeah. gosford park but obviously everybody's in gosford park um he hmm. he he oh, he was in ghostbusters wasn't he oh god was he yeah 2016 <laughs> yeah no uh, yeah the remake jesus uh, Oof. Uh, Dracula Untold, um, and the game is afoot. Um, is it all the Underworld movies? Yeah. Oh, he was in The Crown, apparently. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not a Crown guy. No. Um, yeah, he's just... Oh, he was he, he was the rich parent in Me Before You. In all of those, in all of those um, teen movies that people love, there's always hmm. two celebrated actors as the parents. Yeah. And he um, was that for me before you. Oh, he's in the, he's going to be in the Kingsman prequel. Oh God, it's so weird that like it, it, that was like a week off. It was like a week off that coming out, and it's been bumped. Oh, oh when's it been bumped to? Oh, it'll be this year. Yeah. Well, not this. Well, not this year when this comes out. We'll have watched it and we'll have gone. Yeah, it was fine. March twelfth. Okay. <laughs> Uh, which leads us into a few fun facts about Mank. Gary Oldman wanted to wear elaborate prosthetic makeup to closely resemble the historical Herman J. Mankiewicz, but were persuaded otherwise by David Fincher, who wanted minimal makeup for capturing a more intimate performance. I couldn't agree more, David. Yeah, me too. Um, I think that would have taken out of his performance of it. Seriously would have. Prime example. Darkest Hour. Bad movie. <laughs> Bad movie. Really boring. Yeah, yeah, okay, darling. You get to pick a movie. I want to watch Darkest Hour. Lily James is in it. I like history. Okay, I guess we'll watch that. Shit. <laughs> Terrible movie. And then I uh, went, and then she dropped me off. Um, and then I dropped her off. And then uh, I watched Three Billboards again. You know what? Far better movie. <laughs> yes. I love that. Darkest Hour. So, so boring. So bad. So yeah. dreadful. You know, even she found it boring. There was a lot of kissing going on because we were both so bored. <laughs> Thank God it was a mostly empty screening and we could kiss because I don't know if yeah. I could sit through two hours of that shit again. <laughs> and so on all the makeup, I just, it was a, it was an Oscar for makeup. It was, it was A, it was a consolation prize. It was like Gary Oldman does, needs an Oscar. And B, it was just, <laughs> so boring. Oh, yeah. This uh, is far better. I I really wish that Darkest Hour never happened, because I think people would be talking about this more than they will. Than they well than they will be than they did. We don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe he did win a, another Oscar. Amanda Seyfried told Collider that David Fincher made her shoot one particular particular scene approximately two hundred times just mm -hmm. to get it perfect. She didn't have any lines of dialogue. I, I, you know, I love when people are truthful about that stuff. I mm. hate when they don't say what scene it was. Oh, did she not? No. <sighs> Come on, Amanda. Um, Here's, this is interesting. David uh, Fincher and Gary Oldman were both married to Donia Fiorentino. Fincher was married to Fiorentino from 90 to 95 while Oldman was married to Fiantino, 97 to 2001. As a result, Finch's daughter and Oldman's two sons are half-siblings. Both marriages reportedly ended in disaster. 
and it is rumoured that Fincher's and Oldman's troubled experiences with Fiorentino became a strong inspiration for Fincher's directing of Gone Girl. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's a lot. <laughs> I think we could, that's that. Uh, we're just gonna, I'm just going to say and leave that there. Yeah. Uh, Marion Davis claimed in her memoir never have to have seen Citizen Kane. Okay. Uh, so uh, it's obviously written by Jack Fincher. It's a screenplay that's been around for a long time, but it's it was mainly based originally off of um, the Pauline Kael um, critical reappraisal of the Kane authorship, basically saying that Wells never wrote any of it. That's not true. Uh, Mankiewicz wrote a gigantic first and second draft, about 300 pages long, and then Wells wrote five other drafts, making it a real film. Um, and adding scenes and changing scenes. Uh, Mank producer Eric Roth reportedly polished the script prior to filming with Fincher saying he felt early drafts were too anti-Wells and that's obviously a product of that um, article. Um, Eric Roth obviously, uh, Forrest Gump writer and and Benjamin Button writer. Um, Mm. The film uh, was in Barack Obama's list of favourite movies. Of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's no taglines. <laughs> yeah, no. No uh, tagline rundown. <laughs> great. <laughs> Here's a question, and it's a pretty big question, and it'll end up being our sort of closing comments here. Mm-hmm. All the President's Men, Social Network, Amadeus this does it matter if a biopic bends the truth mm. okay oh boy um i think i think there's a lot of factors there i don't know I, maybe it's how much and in what way mm. that it bends it Amadeus is its own beast, I think, in all of this, because it obviously is held by the framing structure of it being told by Salieri. And mm. so we and so we can give it um both not bonus points, but mm. um a different value mm. on things. Um what about, what about social network? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Like so people will watch people watch social network and think it's a documentary, and it obviously very much isn't. Um, you know, uh, Eisenberg, not Eisenberg, Zuckerberg uh, said he was never going to watch it. He did end up watching it and he said that um, about 30% of it's true, but, you know, I didn't start Facebook because a girl left me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, it's, I can very easily say it doesn't matter as long as the film's brilliant. Mm. But then I think, well, no, because I don't want to be patronising, but idiots watch these movies and think that they're documentaries. They think that every yeah. single thing was true. Yeah. And that's obviously not true. And we've seen the real dangerous implications of that with uh, Richard yeah. Jewell, with Olivia Wilde's character, just being a complete, you know, caricature, villain caricature, selling sex for, for a good story. And the, the libel suits that have come out of that. Yeah. Um, 
because people do, they just watch these movies and they think they see based on a true story and they don't know what that means. And mm. um, I mean, they do know what that means, but they hope. And I think it's a matter of hope more than anything. Yeah. We, we hope that these are the true stories because it's more entertaining and more interesting that way. Nobody wants a true story, you know, where <laughs> none of it really happened. Yeah, yeah. it is just boring. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a grand question. Uh, I think Manx a different beast. I think. Yeah. It's got a lot going for it. Yeah. You'll never return. Well, no, you will. You you. I hope a long life for you, Jay. I hope another sixty years at least. And I hope in those sixty years you'll return to Manx. Hmm. Do no, you no. think you'll ever return to Manx? <laughs> I think I will after I watch Citizen King. Truthfully, mm. I will. Yeah. yeah. It's a glorious beast, both yeah. both Kane and and uh, Mank, and thus rounds out. It's an odd one. We've we've had two hour episodes in this Finchathon, and we've 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 culminated in an hour. But that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, Mank, I love it. I think I, I I think I will always love it. I think after rewatch and rewatch and rewatch, it's never going to be in my top five Finches. No. It's not in my top five, and it's lower down the list. Mm-hmm. But that's not because I hate it. There's lots of people where it's lower down the list because they hate it. And that's, to me, that's just not what's happening. I love Mank. I love Fincher. Mm. You know, I can't yeah. say that we'll be doing more Finchers in the future because we've done them all now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I severely love Fincher. I very much enjoy Mank. I very much I enjoyed our time today, Jay. Um, Don Quixote. Da ba da ba da ba da ba.